1: Is there anything you don't gamble
2: on? Uh, not really.
0: <laughs> Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gamblers not your problem. You're just an idiot.
1: Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast, a special Monday NFL Week Four edition. Brought to you by our good friends at DoorDash, BetOnline, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined in person by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we're on mountain time here.
2: Yes, the uh, final time zone to check off in the U.S. of us doing a podcast together. So, great to be in Colorado. Fun city. You could really feel the altitude difference. But, yeah, it's good to be doing this in person. Mm -hmm. We, uh, yeah, I mean, we...
1: We were originally thinking about recording last night. We figured we had the two Monday night football games going on tonight, so we were going to do it then. And also, just so happens, timing-wise, your boy Bill O'Brien got canned, head coach, NGM, first to be fired. I saw he's kind of, I think, preseason, 25 to 1 odds there. He gets canned. Um, so it only feels right that you get a chance to lead off the podcast by giving his eulogy, maybe?
2: Yeah, I mean, we could get to that. Um... You don't want to talk about our golf match from today? What are you talking about? Um, I won again. We went head-to-head on a very nice golf course here in Denver. I've won, f- won five of the last six versus you. I absolutely dominated the back nine while you imploded, so wanted to see if you had any thoughts on that. Uh, next question. Okay, so I'll move on to my Sunday scariest moment. Obviously, it's Monday, but as Cody said, Bill O'Brien was let go today by the Houston Texans it's a sad day um Bill O'Brien was one of my favorites to really kind of crap on all these years of the podcast being he's sh- just saying he should be fired the third year we're doing it he finally is fired um so I did put together a little haiku for the occasion um so I'll, I'll read that to you now are you serious I did just now while we were sitting here on the couch yeah okay it's pretty simple, five-seven-five uh, syllable format. So, I, <laughs> here goes. Bye, Bill O'Brien. Bad coach, even worse GM. We'll miss you, Bill. Wow,
1: honestly, you're, a, a lot of range out of you today. I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah,
2: I, I could uh, always go to my literary side when needed, but yeah, the, the Texans got rid of him. I mean, I think it's the right move. They went into zero four yesterday kind of no playoff hopes at this point. And you look at the future of this team and Bill O'Brien did not leave it in good hands. Their first and second round picks in this year's upcoming draft belong to the Dolphins. Those look super valuable. Those could both be top 10 picks in, you know, first and second round. They don't have really any cap space moving forward. They're spending more than $245 million in cash on their roster this season. That's the most in the NFL. And you look at it, Deshaun Watson needs help. They traded away DeAndre Hopkins, got really nothing in return. And when you watch their games, they could use DeAndre Hopkins on that team. And as far as their rookies go, um, in their week three loss to the Steelers, they didn't have a single rookie play a snap from scrimmage. So, they don't have a lot of young talent on that team. They don't have draft capital to bring in rookies, and they need rookies on cheap deals. So Texans are in, in a bad spot right now. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, I know
1: it got paid. Uh, he may, may think about uh, taking that one back. Obviously, Bill O'Brien is gone, so hopefully the new regime is a bit better and surrounds him with more talent. But as you said, the war chest there is pretty bare in terms of assets. Getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins is still... Uh, one of one of the more questionable decisions we'll see uh, in sports generally. Um, but yeah, I figured we'll get started with that. And then uh, shall we get into kind of our Monday edition of the Sunday Scariest Moment?
2: Yeah, that was mine.
1: Oh, okay. So mine is uh, the 49ers. Um, I think at the point after Nick Mullins threw one of the worst pick sixes you'll ever see in your life. Five minutes ago in the 4th. Uh, just an absolute gimme right to the Eagles linebacker. He took it to the house um, that the 49ers were actually going to lose to this Eagles team. That was 0-2-1, kind of the laughing stock of the league. They lost week one to Washington um, last week versus the Bengals. They had the embarrassing tie, which actually now looks pretty key for them as they're 1-2-1. and They're in first place in the NFC East. 49ers, Nick Mullins kind of crushed their hopes and dreams of moving to three and one. Just didn't have it. There was some buzz pregame and that about like Jimmy G, Nick Mullins quarterback competition. Is there trouble in paradise there? As soon as he missed Kyle Ushak early in the game, I think that was uh, rightly squashed. Yeah, I mean.
2: People on the outside would say there's controversy. I don't think that was ever true. I mean, he's a, he's a nice backup, but I don't think he's anywhere close to as good as Garoppolo. And last night, showed he, was, he was just terrible. He missed his use check on a... I don't think it would have been a touchdown, but it would have been a huge play to jumpstart their offense early in the game. He throws an awful interception in the first half when they're in the red zone. I don't know who he was trying to throw the ball to. He forced it, about to get sacked. All he had to do was throw it away said he forces it it gets picked off that at least was three points off the board and then like you said the pick six i mean chris collinsworth tried justifying it i had no idea what he was talking about it was a terrible throw and if the linebacker didn't pick it off the cornerback would have picked it off because kendrick Bourne was not open so he was terrible and the 49ers dropped the two and two they have had a ton of injuries and it doesn't help but the two games they've lost they've, they should have won and it's it's concerning that they haven't been able to kind of pull together so far. They just don't have that same juice they had last year. Obviously, the Super Bowl hangover is a thing, but the two games they've lost so far, I think they're going to regret it because this this is the easier part of their schedule. So as they get into these tougher games, they're going to put themselves in the worst spot because I, I think they should be 4-0, but they've just kind of shot themselves in the foot. their two losses. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, play Miami next week, and then the schedule ramps up pretty quickly with the Rams... Uh, the Pats, the Saints, the Packers, Seattle as the next five, which is a murderer's row. So tough loss. Nick Mullen's uh, kind of bringing that Sunday scariest moment to light. Um, but yeah, hopefully Jimmy G comes back soon. Um, but Tyler, where do you want to start with
2: some of these games? Um, why don't we start with our lock of the week recap? Um, I'll go first. I had the Saints minus four versus the Lions, and when we- we recorded last week. The Saints had some injuries, but it seemed like, you know, Michael Thomas was trending towards playing a couple of those other guys. And the day before, all those guys were ruled out. So I was a little nervous. The line did drop to minus three, but the Saints were able to get it done after falling behind 14 nothing. They scored 35 straight points. The Lions came back, made it a little interesting, but the Saints were able to hold them off. So I moved to three and one on my locks of the week. And the Saints kind of took the game plan. I hope they would, where... You know they ran for 164 yards, had 42 rushing attempts, controlled time of possession, 36 to 23 minutes in this game, and kind of you know put the ball out of Breeze's hands and like Kamara and Latavius Murray just kind of work and it worked versus this awful Lions defense. Yeah, I mean when they were down 14 nothing. I mean, we
1: hopped on them live, which was nice. This line team continues to blow double-digit leads under Matt Patricia, so fading them uh, was was a good a good way of going here. Yeah, I mean the Saints they kind of needed this win, and even though they're banged up, they got the job done. Breeze's <laughs> numbers weren't anything spectacular but 19 to 25 246 two touchdowns only one pick he was efficient and i mean they relied on the running game which was kind of uh not to pat ourselves on the back here but why we liked them in this matchup uh, against detroit's uh detroit's rush defense there so did you uh were you sweating at all a little bit late in the fourth.
2: Yeah, a little bit but matt patricia is another guy who should be fired he's <laughs> absolutely terrible he's 10 25 and one in his two and a half years with the lines and i straight per- up against the spread just straight up i'm sure, i don't know what they are against the spread but i forgot when he took over his team they had back-to-back nine and seven seasons jim caldwell i don't think was a great coach by any means but he at least had them in the right direction and they did have a win, you know two winning seasons in a row they were 11 and 5 a couple years before that patricia comes in He's terrible. Jalen Rose, a guy who we've, you know, followed for a long time and like him. He went on a Twitter rant yesterday. He's a big Lions fan, and he made some good points. He said, hired defensive coordinators, head coach, and then don't pay Darius Slay. Um, they signed AP in the offseason, but he's like, they drafted two running backs the past couple years. Why do you do that? Um, you know, Matt Patricia uses a pencil on a <laughs> laminated sheet. It makes no sense. He's a terrible coach. He, him or Gase will be the next to go. And I saw the stat. You kind of touched on it. Uh, Double-digit leads. They've lost six... Let me find it. Um, so they've lost... they the first team in the NFL history to lose six straight games, in which it led by double-digits. They also joined the 2011 Vikings as two, the two teams in league history to lose three of their first four games after leading by at least 10 points. So nothing really encouraging for uh, Patricia
1: to keep his job right there. Yeah, I mean, I think we were disappointed in the 49ers after last night, but uh, being a Lions fan, that would suck. <laughs> that blowing, blowing double digit. Um, yeah, so c- congrats to you. You moved to 3-1 and one on your lock of the week. My lock of the week recap, I had the over 53 in the Bills Raiders game. I personally, when we spoke about it, it was 52 and a half uh, the night before when I was doing my research, so I was able to bet at that. But th- this one ended up as a push, which is almost the worst kind of thing to happen in a sense. Like, I'm happy my personal bet hit, but it's like if you lose or you win, there's there's more to speak to. But this one was kind of a bad beat in the sense that it was, the total was at 30 at the half. The Bills scored late in the third quarter um, to make the game 23-16, to 16, uh, only for Tyler Bass, who I I did not know who this guy was. Tyler, can you name what college Tyler Bass went to school? Uh, he was a six-round pick this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say Arizona. Georgia Southern. Um, so he came in. Nice to meet you, Tyler Bass. He bricks an extra point, so that one was tough. And then late in the game, there's some – Josh Allen he's so exciting to watch and so talented he's off to an incredible start this year but he still makes head-scratching plays we always talk about this they had the Bills had third and 18 from the Raiders 28 basically about eight minutes or so to go in this one Um, he took a 14 yard sack that totally put them out of field goal range which would have I mean I don't know I don't know that uh, Tyler Bass redeems himself and drills a 45-yarder, but at least he would have a chance to do so and, and throw three points my way. Ultimately, Derek a laid touchdown to Nelson Aguilar for the push. I know I should be grateful that I'm 2-1-1 in the box score instead of two 2-2, two, but when you're that close, it is tough. But, I mean, this Bills team, I thought the Raiders – uh, would would keep this one closer than they actually did. I mean, it was 17-16, and some plays didn't go their way, but this Bills offense is r- the real deal.
2: Yeah, Josh Allen, he's he's been incredible, and he's taken that next step. You know, he had a lot of accuracy issues in college in the first couple years in the NFL. I didn't think it would matter that they brought in Stefan Diggs, but it clearly has another year in the offense with Brian Dable. I mean, the Bills coaching staff in front office does not get enough credit. It's one of the best in the NFL. The Bills for so many years were just so, they are either bad or like mediocre with Fitzpatrick, just so in the middle. Since McDermott's gone there, since Brandon being the GM's got there, they've really turned that team around. Um, Josh Allen continues to play great. I think he's right there in the MVP conversation early in the year. And for the Raiders, I, I don't know. I don't know. Watching Derek Carr, like, you look at his stats, 32 of 44, 311 yards, two touchdowns, you're like, oh, wow, he played well. Like, watch, you just don't get that vibe at all from watching the games live, and it feels like once they get down, he just isn't capable of bringing them all the way back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of short passes as you
2: come thinking dunk. Derek Carr.
1: It's pretty apropos. Von Diggs is leading the NFL in receiving yards through, through four games. He's been a monster. Now he's a bit of a headache. The end of his run there in Minnesota, but the guy is hyper talented. And I mean, the Raiders actually outgained the bills for what it's worth in this one, but they ultimately two turnovers were their downfall. Um, so yeah, two one on one on my lock of the week. You're three and one. Um, Should we take a quick break, and then we will dive back into the rest of the slate here and give out our Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurant like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Wow. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash.
2: All right, Cody. Now let's move on to the next game we had discussed on the Pick'em Pod this week. We both were on the Browns, plus four and a half versus the Cowboys, and they won outright as a dog in Jerry's world, 49-38. to 38. They just kind of took it to the Cowboys. Um, this game was tied at 14, then the Browns reeled off, I believe, 34 straight points. You had the Cowboys over nine and a half as your win total team. You were bullish on them. They're terrible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're coming at me from all all angles here tonight. Um, yeah. The Cowboys suck. They are. Are they dead dead? Is that is my uh, win total over bet officially dead? I mean, at the end of the day, there's still an NFC East. So, you know, they're going to have some cupcakes coming up on their schedule. But I do want to say, you know, we preview a lot of games over the course of this podcast. This one went according to script um, on our end. You look at the stats from this one. The Browns rushed for 307 yards. Nick Chubb got hurt. He didn't even play this whole game. They averaged 7.7 yards a carry. Um, They only had to throw for 200 yards, and they just absolutely dominated. They got off to an incredible start. This Cowboys team, I mean, Dak was my MVP guy. He's putting up numbers. This defense is single-handedly helping uh, my fantasy team where I own Dak win because – They can't guard anyone. Odell Beckham looked like, say, like 2016 uh, New York Giants Odell Beckham. Hopefully that wasn't one of the years he was hurt. But he actually played well. He had five catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns. When this game got close at the end, he took a reverse to the house that basically put it on ice. But, I mean, this game, the final score is deceiving here. Um, It was a beatdown. The Browns at one point were up. They are 41-14. Cowboys rattled off 24 unanswered points, which is nice for them. But this Cowboys team, they have to figure out a way. to uh, Mike McCarthy's got to figure out a way to get these guys fired up at the beginning of games. Uh, they come out flat. Defense is awful. Lyle Collins is hurt now. So the injuries are piling up there as well. Um, luckily for them, they're in the NFC East. So I still think they're still definitely my pick to come out of that division. But that's also not saying anything. Another side of the ball, the Browns. They they must listen to the show, Kevin Stefanski. We're 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 singing his praises. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball some more. Make Baker a game manager, and it's working for them.
2: Yeah, this was exactly what we wanted them to do. And I mean, for the Cowboys to allow 307 yards rushing versus any team is terrible, especially versus Cleveland when, like you said, Nick Chubb gets hurt early in this game. And this guy, Dearness Johnson, had 95 yards, averaged 7.3 yards a carry. Coming into the game, he only had 26 career rushing yards. That's pathetic. They're the first team since Oakland in 2012 to allow 38 straight points um, in three straight games in the same season they're they're dysfunctional i mean dak had really nice stats at the end of the game but they didn't score in the second and the third quarter of this game they put up a ton of points in garbage time so i think his stat line is pretty misleading zeke hasn't really been doing anything i think that's a factor that the offensive line is starting to deteriorate it's not the same offensive line when dak and zeke first came onto that team and they were loaded now that they're paying zeke amari cooper Dak is franchise tag. You start to lose pieces in other spots. So they're really bad. Um, they'll always have hope in the NFC East. And for the Browns, you know, I, I feel good. Um, that was my win total team going into the year. This was a, a really good win for them. And they have a big game next week versus the Colts. And then their schedule kind of lightens up the next few games. So I think they could certainly go on a run here. And I, I don't mean to brag too much, but from we didn't really include the Chiefs Patriots game because I got thrown off with COVID and Cam going out. But I was four and zero on their picks this week, and including last week, I'm eight and one the last two weeks. So, am I the hottest gambler in America right now? I'm um, I'm really proud, proud of you, Tyler. Um,
1: yeah. Anytime your quarterback backs the Cowboys here to continue to vent the fact that they're going to lose me my uh, win total over bet. Anytime your quarterback throws the ball 58 times, you're gonna lose the game. <laughs> just, just a general fact there. Um, yeah. And
2: issue they have is they they keep turning the ball over. They have the most three more today or yesterday. Yeah. The most turnovers in the NFL at nine. They have the worst turnover margin at minus seven. So it doesn't help that you have a bad defense and you're turning the ball over a lot, giving them short fields. And that's kind of where the game, this game turned. It was 14-14. And it feels like the Cowboys have had this in every game this year where they turn it over on consecutive plays. They did it again this week. The Browns punched it in. And like you said, if Odell could keep playing like that, and it's it stinks that Nick Chubb's out for the next couple of weeks, but doesn't seem like it'll matter with Kareem Hunt, who is, still would be a starter on most teams. This Browns team has like a really good recipe to kind of win uh, a lot of games. Yeah, they basically
1: just need to make sure it doesn't all fall on Baker's shoulders and they are in good shape. The next one we want to talk about before we get to Grandpa Billy's, the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. This one was not looking great. They end up winning 38-31, probably one of the... One of the more entertaining games from Sunday. Um, you look at Brady Stelan; he threw five touchdowns in this one. Um, we walked into a bar here in Denver, and the the Bucks were like a quick; they were basically the team that scored right away. They scored ten minutes ago in the uh, the first quarter, and then the the Chargers rattled off twenty four unanswered. Eckler got her for them, which is, of course, a big loss, but you got to give this Bucks team credit. I mean, I kind of thought they would win this one in more of a low scoring game. I did like them to cover at seven. I had them in a teaser as well, Um, but they showed that they could do this in a shootout. And this was without Godwin and Brady. He did throw a bad pick six in this one, uh, but ultimately he got it together and, and they did enough to be able to get, get a win at home in a game they should win if they are going to ultimately be a playoff team and contend for the NFC South title. But this Bucks team is really shaping up. I, I, at the beginning of the offseason, I was like, they're not going to be good. Brady's washed up. And then I started reading about Carson Palmer's numbers under Bruce Arians. It gave me a little more uh, juice in terms of liking this Bucks team. And they seem to have a lot of, like, nice pieces in this one. I, they give up 31 points, but it's a little deceiving because that Brady picked six.
2: Yeah, and the game really turned. I mean, Chargers had all the momentum. It's 24 to 7 under a minute left in the first half, and they fumble it. On their own, like ten yard line, on like a handoff that kind of got messed up, and the Bucks pick it up, score a touchdown right before half, and gave them some momentum. So that that was a killer for the Chargers. And I mean, Justin Herbert, I didn't watch a ton of him at Oregon last year. Just everything I heard, people like were like oh he's gonna go high, but weren't super high on his draft stock. Um, he's looked great. I mean, the touchdown he had in the second half to put them back ahead was awesome. So I think the Chargers got their franchise quarterback moving forward. And for Brady, this is this is a good win, like you said, being able to come from behind and you know the defense didn't didn't have their a game, I would say. And he was able to come back. He threw five touchdowns. I tweeted, I think it was maybe right after the pick six. Uh, do the Bucks wish they saw a Jameis? Um was didn't Brady age well Did not age well. Brady must have seen it, and he turned it on, and it helped me because, we lived bet uh, the Bucks and I had them in a couple teasers. So I was happy that happened. Um, but yeah, I think the Bucks are right now the best team in the NFC South. I think Breeze is still a little more washed than Brady, but good win for the Bucks uh, being able to come from behind like that. Let's wrap up, Cody, with our Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. I'll let, I'll let you go first.
1: Okay. So my Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. I'm excited for this one because this team. Two weeks in a row here is burned me. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. They beat the Niners week one. They got a lot of hype, and then uh, who did they play week two? I'm blanking. Washington. Thank you, Washington. They took care of business there in in nice fashion. Last week they blew up a teaser for me versus the Lions, and then this week I love them in the bounce back spot. The Panthers coming off a win. McCaffrey being out, like, ah, they're not that good. The Cardinals, if they're going to actually contend, and then FC West, and for one of those wild card spots, they'll get the job done, versus one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And this final score of this one is actually pretty deceiving. It's 31-21 as a final, but Carolina was up 28-7 at a point in this one. Kyler Murray with just a weird stat line. This TV, the game wasn't on at a TV, like, right by us at the bar, but kind of watching. Uh, and, I mean, he got some garbage time but 24 31 only 133 yards which is just like a weird very weird selling from him deandre hopkins played he threw three touchdowns but weird one there Kenyon drake continues to burn anyone who took him in a fantasy football draft he had 13 carries for 35 yards and and you got to give the Panthers credit. I mean, McCaffrey went down there 0 2, and it was kind of like, okay, well, this will be a rebuilding year for sure with Matt Rule. And now they're, they're sitting at 2 and 2. They controlled time of possession, they had the ball 37 minutes. Uh, Arizona only had a 23. Mike Davis, he put up stats himself. So this Arizona Cardinals team, I don't know if it's water finding its level. But it's it's definitely starting to feel that way. I think they were in a prime position to go four and out to start the year, versus home game versus the Lions, and then at Carolina. So this takes it. This will put a huge dent in their playoff push. It's obviously good for the 49ers, so I can't be that mad about it. But in pur- for purposes of uh, betting and picks, this team has burned me twice in a row. I think I, I tweeted out the Ryan Howard gif of crossing them off with the notebook, and that's how I feel about the Cardinals. Last week, it was the Cowboys. I was like, I need a I need a break from them. Cardinals, week five, either fading them or not touching them.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, that week one game versus the 49ers gave, there was a lot of preseason hype for the Cardinals. Then they beat the 49ers week one. That only elevated it Again, I, I think the 49ers lost that game more than the Cardinals won it. Kyler Murray is a really good player and he's gonna be a stud quarterback in this league for years to come. But when you watch them, they don't really like throw the ball down the field. It's a lot of like weird screens and quick passes. It's kind of a strange offense. Kenyon Drake, like you said, he's top ten fantasy guy coming into the year. Has not Sticks. been able he hasn't been able to get it going. Chase Edmonds seems like he might be better. He's more of a receiving back. I don't know what they need to do, but all that momentum from that two and zero start is kind of gone. And Carolina, Carolina is decent. Teddy Bridgewater played well again. Mike Davis filling in for McCaffrey. I mean, everyone thought you know they would be done without McCaffrey. They've won the last two games. They've been underdogs in. Matt Rule has that team clicking. Um, so I'm I'm a believer in the Panthers, and I think. That's not going to be an easy out team. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but that's not an easy W for anyone in that division like the Saints or the Bucks um moving forward, but for my grandpa Billy's bum of the week to wrap up, I'm just going to do the NFC East as a, the division. Obviously mm. the Eagles their first win yesterday, but they now they're in first place at 1-2 and 1 in the division. You know, Washington one and three, Cowboys one and three, the Giants are still in it at 0 oh and 4. So the NFC East is my grandpa Billy's bone of the week. It feels like every year they're terrible and they just up how terrible they are each year. Um, every team that division right now has a point differential of at least minus twenty. And you know, the Giants, for example, they were in that game. Daniel Jones, there was an awful pick at the end versus the Rams. Felt like they were going in to maybe tie that game. Then you have the fight after the game with Golden, <laughs> Ramsey, which was very entertaining given the backstory there. Washington kind of no life there uh, versus Baltimore. They lost 31-17. to Dwayne Haskins' numbers looked pretty good, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of faith in him there. So I think we might see an Alex Smith sighting soon in Washington.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think there's a real chance, assuming one of the Cowboys or the Eagles starts to uh, separate themselves a little bit late in the season, I feel like there's a chance we get an Alex Smith like half to a game. I don't I don't know that that's that far off. Um, but yeah, I couldn't agree with that selection more. That division's pathetic. I'm still pretty annoyed about the Cowboys, generally speaking. But um, Jason Garrett, in a weird way, has got to feel pretty good watching this Cowboys thing continue to implode.
2: That's a good point. He he is with the Giants, and their offense is terrible. He's the offensive coordinator there. They even scored a touchdown in like 10 quarters or something like that. Yeah, so, so he can't feel that good. It, but he has no yeah. issues, but he has to have a little satisfaction seeing how dysfunctional the Cowboys look right now. One and three, so much hype. Mike McCarthy, nothing's changed there. Um, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, like we said, they're they're the same team they are every year. They get they so much. We thought they are. Yeah, they get so much preseason hype people buy into it it's, they make dumb turnovers uh, the defense stinks and they've put they've put a lot of like money into the defense too and they're bad Mike Nolan defense coordinator so that that's not shocking uh, how does he keep getting jobs yeah I, I don't know But i think that wraps up our <laughs> monday edition of the sunday Scares pod and we'll be back later this week with the week 5 pick 'em pod the wait is finally over football is back You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.